Hello, I'm attorney Paul Whelan from Afford Law. At Afford Law, we practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. All of our fees are based on a sliding scale, which is based on your income. That means the less you make, the less you pay. Today, I want to talk to you about the criminal charge of assault and battery on a family or household member. So we've already talked about assault and battery in the past, what, what you have to prove for that. Now, this is specifically a crime that is uh, aimed at a particular group of people, a protected group. Uh, in Massachusetts, the domestic violence statute is called assault and battery on a family or household member. So you have to have, um, in order for you to be found guilty of this crime, the Commonwealth, that is the prosecution, has to find or has to prove four different things uh, in order to, to win their case. First, uh, that the defendant touched the person of the alleged victim. So there was a physical touching. Number two is that the defendant intended to touch the alleged victim. Number three is that the touching was either likely to cause bodily harm to the alleged victim or it was offensive. And the fourth uh, element that must be shown, and this is what distinguishes it from other assault and battery cases, is that the defendant and the alleged victim were family or household members at the time of the offense. Now, this statute is a little confusing in, in its terminology uh, because uh, what is a family or household member? So in just taking the words as we commonly use them, you would think that a family or household member would be somebody you're related to, a blood relative, your parents, your brother, your sister, something along those lines. But that's not the case. Uh, this is, again, this is the domestic violence statute. So it is intended to protect uh, people who are uh, in, a, in a what's called a significant dating relationship. So in order to prove the fourth element that the person, uh, the alleged, that the defendant and the alleged victim were uh, family or household members, the Commonwealth must prove uh, that they were family or household members under the statute. Uh, and that means that they were either, uh, they were or are married to each other. Number two is that they have a child in common. Or number three, that there was a substantive dating relationship between the two parties. So uh, let's break that down for a second. So the first is that they were uh, or are married to each other. So that's easy enough to, to distinguish. Uh, whether they were married or not, that's, that's pretty clear or can be uh, proven pretty clearly. Number two uh, could be that uh, they have a child together. Also, that's something that uh, is fairly easy to, uh, to establish. However, uh, it could be that paternity on the part of the, uh, of the father uh, has not been proven. And therefore, if, if there's a child that's in question, the Commonwealth would have to prove uh, that that child is, a, uh, uh, is the child of both the defendant and the alleged victim. And the third way of, of uh, um, showing that they were in a uh, that they were family or household members is that they were in a substantive dating relationship, uh, either at the time or at some time in the past. Um, in order to uh, go into that and, and to prove that there was a substantive dating relationship, um, they look at several elements uh, of that as well. Number one is the length of the time of the relationship. How long were they in there? that dating, significant dating relationship. Number two is the type of relationship. There has to be a, uh, a, a dating relationship, a romantic involvement, if you will. Uh, and number three is the frequency of interaction between the, the alleged victim and the defendant. 
Uh, and number four is the length of time that has elapsed since the termination of the relationship. Now, the relationship doesn't have to be exclusive or a committed relationship. Uh, it just has to be uh, substantive uh, as, as uh, is interpreted by the jury uh, if, it goes, if it ultimately goes to a jury trial. So a, a couple of cases um, have sort of helped define what is a substantive dating relationship. One case is, is said that a, a simple, uh, a single date out to the movies is not a significant or a substantive dating relationship. Uh, there was another case uh, where uh, two parties were actually even in uh, different countries. So there was a, a, a woman, a young woman, who had gone over, I believe, to Europe, uh, was over there uh, either on vacation or studying uh, uh, through school. In, in any case, uh, was in a relationship with a, uh, with a man that was over there. She came back to the United States. He remained there. They were in contact with each other. They were emailing, texting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but they were on two different continents. But uh, they shared uh, they shared a desire to be together. They exchanged uh, uh, romantic or sexual uh, uh, messages back and forth. Um, and the court had determined that they were, in fact, in a substantive dating relationship. Even though they weren't physically near each other, uh, they were in a significant dating relationship. So uh, those are the kinds of things that a jury will, uh, will look to that the Commonwealth needs to prove uh, in order to find you guilty of, of a... Uh, uh, assault and battery on a family or household member. As I say, it's a confusing sounding statute, uh, but just think of it, it it's, it's domestic violence. So it's it's between boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever it might be. Uh, that's what you look to uh, when when making that uh, when making that determination. Uh, besides that, you have to prove all the other elements that um, that come with uh, these any assault and battery charge that the, you know there was physical touching and the offensive uh, it was offensive or intended to be um, uh, bodily cause bodily injury. Those are the things that happen in, in every assault and battery case. Uh, and this is with a caveat that it needs to be someone in a particular group of people um, that would uh, give additional protections. Because what happens is in a uh, domestic assault and battery case, there are uh, other punishments that go along with if you're trying to plead somebody out to the case or if, you, if you're found guilty of it. Uh, for instance, there's a batterer's intervention program that's required unless the judge puts on the record that that's not required, which is very rare indeed, but it does happen. Uh, but so those are the kinds of things that, that you look to. Uh, domestic violence obviously is a very serious uh, matter, very serious crime, um, and is treated as such in the court system. So uh, that's uh, assault and battery on a family or a household member. As I say, at a Ford Law, we do practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. We want you to be able to ask us any questions, get the help that you need, uh, because uh, for far too long, the hardworking people of Massachusetts have been sort of left behind by the criminal justice system and the family law system as well. So we're trying to do everything we can to represent you uh, as best we can uh, at an affordable rate. Feel free to visit us at affordlaw.org uh, and please feel free to book a free virtual appointment with me. I would be happy to answer any questions you might have about family law or criminal law questions in Massachusetts because at Afford Law, we're making justice affordable. Thank you.